In our King's reading today, Elijah, the prophet of God, was fleeing for his life from Ahab and Jezebel, the king and queen, the slightly evil king and queen of Israel. And God met Elijah on the mountain where he was hiding. Before meeting with Elijah, God sent a destructive wind, and then an earthquake, and then a fire. Three things with which God could destroy Ahab and Jezebel and all those who were seeking to kill Elijah. God's power was far greater than anything Ahab and Jezebel had, and yet we are told God was not in the wind, nor the earthquake, nor the fire. Rather, after all three of these had passed, there was a sound of sheer silence, and God was in the silence. And out of the silence, God spoke to Elijah, asked him what he was doing, and told him what to do and where to go next. Elijah was lost, in need of reassurance and direction, and out of the silence, God gave him the reassurance and direction that he needed. We are shown through this story to seek God in the silence. When troubles are at our door and life seems overwhelming, silence is often the last thing that we want. Better to distract or anesthetize ourselves with all kinds of other noisy activities. And yet the silence is where we need God. Silence is also where we have to face the parts of ourselves which we may not want to face. Looking at the story of the Gerasene demoniac, the Gentile man who had many demons inside him, we see a story of Jesus healing a man who was afraid of being healed. The man was living in a graveyard because the demons had forced him out there. He could not be bound even by chains because the demons were so strong. And you'd think the man would want the demons gone, and yet, when Jesus ordered the demons to leave him, the man begged Jesus not to torment him. Being healed is often a painful process. So much so that we sometimes would rather go on as we are instead of facing the pain of being healed. I'm guessing the demons were hurting the man as they were being cast out, clawing at him to stay inside of him so that they did not have to be returned to the abyss, likely the depths of the sea, the dark place where souls of the dead were thought to dwell. And Jesus could have, and by all accounts should have, told the demons, I don't negotiate with demon scum like you. Leave the man now and return to the abyss. Jesus could have said that, and the man would have been healed, and the demons would have had the punishment they deserved. Instead, Jesus had compassion on the demons and allowed them to enter the swine. And with that, the demons seemed to have gone peacefully, Jesus' compassion saving the man from greater torment as well. And after this, the man was healed. But why did Jesus have compassion on the demons? Why should he have done that? If It may have saved the man some pain, but shouldn't have the demons been punished? Yes. Kind of obvious answer. They should have been. But remember, we're talking about the same Jesus who taught us to pray for and bless our enemies. Jesus was doing exactly what he teaches us to do. Looking again at the man in the story, he had been totally controlled by these demons, having no will of his own. Then Jesus came to heal him by offering him that same force of will on the demons. 
Perhaps even the man didn't want Jesus to force and control the demons the way he had been forced and controlled. Perhaps the man didn't want Jesus to remove the demons because he saw Jesus as one even more powerful than the demons, and he was afraid of what Jesus was going to force him to do once the demons were gone. The devils he knew were better, he thought, than this even more powerful man whom he did not know. And so Jesus allows the demon to enter the swine as they asked, and they leave the man peacefully. And at that point, the man understood that Jesus was one whom he could truly trust. He had healed the man, and he did it in a way completely opposite of the way the demons had harmed him. Having been asked to stop, Jesus did not force healing on the man. Having been begged to show mercy, Jesus showed mercy even to the demons. The man then saw Jesus as one whom he would gladly follow, wherever he led. And then Jesus showed compassion once more by telling the man, no. Rather than taking this man away from everything he knew and everyone he knew, rather than bringing the man back with him to Israel where he would be hated as a Gentile, Jesus told the man to return to his home and to declare all that God had done for him. Return to the place from which you have been driven. Return to your life and be fully and truly healed. Return and declare all that God has done for you. And so the man went away joyfully telling all that Jesus had done for him. Jesus had compassion on the man by healing him, by giving him a choice rather than forcing him, by having him return to his home to be restored to his life. Jesus even had compassion on the demons who had been tormenting the man, and Jesus is the one whom we meet in the silence. Are we at times afraid to meet God in the silence? I would guess so. Are we afraid of facing the demons within us? I would guess so. Are we afraid of what new direction God might have for us? I would guess so. And so do we seek God in the silence? Sometimes. Do we distract ourselves from the silence with a variety of noise? Sometimes. Can we face the demons within us? Will we allow God to heal us when we do? The healing seems painful. And yet perhaps it won't be as painful as we imagine. Jesus is mighty. He is the one with God who showed his power in the wind and the earthquake and the fire. And meeting with Jesus and the silence can be rather daunting. And yet Jesus had compassion even on a legion of demons. Will he not have compassion on us even as we face the demons within us? In the silence, we can meet the Jesus of healing, the Jesus of compassion, the Jesus who gives us new direction in our lives, direction which leads to even greater healing. Meeting with Jesus in the silence, we also find peace enough that we can perhaps pray for our enemies and have compassion on those who hate us. Meeting Jesus in the silence, we may also find peace enough to have compassion on and forgive ourselves as well. I've been told by many people here of their, of their practice of seeking Jesus in the silence, seeking Jesus in prayer. Can we also then find peace enough in the silence to take the next step? 
Can we tell others about the peace we find in meeting Jesus in the silence? Can we declare, like the healed demoniac, all that God has done for us? We needn't go to some faraway land. We needn't go to a random street corner or to strangers' doors. Jesus told the man, return to your home and declare all that God has done for you. Following his example, we would declare all that Jesus had done for us in our homes, among our families and friends. There, after all, many among our family and friends, there are, after all, many among our family and friends who do not need Jesus in the silence. There are many who used to, but have stopped for one reason or another. And we can declare to them with the same compassion and love which Jesus showed the man in the story all that Jesus has done for us. We can help remind them of the peace which comes from meeting Jesus in the silence. We can remind them of the compassion and healing which Jesus offers. Trusting in Jesus' compassion and love, meeting with Jesus in the silence, we can then go and return to our homes and declare all that God has done for us. Amen.